Hey everyone, and welcome to Here's the Thing, a Louisville Baptist podcast. We are excited to be launching this again. We're going to be calling this next series Message Notes, and it's just a time for us to sit and chat with Pastor Gord and get sort of an inside scoop as to what's happening uh, behind the scenes when he's coming to write a sermon and kind of a chance for us as a community to get um, a behind-the-scenes look, too, at, um, you know, the deeper insights of the things that maybe he wasn't able to go into with this past message. We're going to be doing this uh, every Tuesday, um, so please feel free to tune in. It's just a great way for us to connect, certainly during this time, uh, the whole COVID-19 framework. And uh, hey, you know, when we are in these situations as a culture, when we're in these situations as a church leadership, it's really a time where our creativity uh, gets to be just launched forward. And we want to make sure that we stay connected with you. And so this is just one other way that we can do this. Well, friends, it's a great episode. Uh, It's a great time where myself and Gord chat and uh, you'll get to hear everything from more blueberry stories as uh, as Gord talks about going to the exhibition as a kid, um, all the way to um, possibly staying home and dancing in your living room, and then me encouraging people to close their blinds. If they're gonna do that, you'll have to uh, keep listening for it. We're excited for this. Let's dig in. Okay, well, Gord, here we are. and um, Hi, Adams. Yeah, we're just kind of doing this fun little podcast where... Really, it's an opportunity for us to connect again with our people at Louisville and, yep. and give them a chance to get sort of a deeper insight to what we were talking about um, on Sunday, this yes. Sunday past. Yep. And who knows, maybe people are re-watching it because we live in a new age where people can do that. So they can do that. They can do that. So hey, if you if you listen to this and then you think, I, I think I'm going to go re-watch that. Fill your boots. Fill your boots. So Gord, yeah. I'm just trying to think of things that I found really fascinating about your your talk yep. and your sermon from Sunday. And what was so interesting from a behind-the-scenes perspective, which you and I have chatted about, is this idea that I feel like this was really right on the nose with what's going on in our world right now. But here's the thing. We've been talking about doing this for a few months now. We had, Look, we have talked about this over the years. I don't know how many times we've had this conversation where either within an, an individual worship service mm-hmm. where the worship uh, pieces that we use and the message, the text, whatever, they line up so well. And I rem- uh, I remember different times Sonny and I saying, and that's why we're not in charge. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Spirit puts things together, and we trust that. Right. We trust that when he leads us and we feel confirmed in it mm. by his spirit that we just go ahead. And then you go ahead and you preach mm. or you lead worship and then find that God, the Holy Spirit, confirms that in the hearts of his people. Right. And you get the feedback of that was really helpful because this whole thing is a step of faith. Mm. Oh, yeah. And so months ago, we were toying with themes for Easter. Right. And we, I don't know who actually spoke the word first, but <laughs> empty <clears throat> was the theme. Mm. Because it's not about us. It's not about us being filled up or whatever, but it's about what has to happen for us 
to be filled up okay, but with Jesus. Right. And not with ourselves. Exactly. In fact, if you ask yourself the question, do I like people that are full of themselves? <laughs> the, the answer will be heck no. Heck no, yeah. So, yeah. So months ago, we had put this in play. Yeah. And then when we came to coronavirus land and oh, said, yeah. so do we need to retool? Well, no, this makes more sense than ever. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember, I think it was the three of us, uh, you, myself, and, and Jeff, were, we were asking ourselves that question, do we need to retool? And we kind of looked at some of the things that you guys were preparing and we went, wait a moment, this, this makes sense. Mm-hmm. And to think, you know... You, you know, it's kind of, this is one of the great mysteries, right? Like, was that God laying something on us months ago that we didn't know? Right? And I, uh, for f- more than 40 years now, uh, wow. I remember being asked to go to speak at Muskoka Baptist Conference. Hmm. It was my first time there. I was young. They've had some high-powered speakers in and out of there, people like John MacArthur Jr. and Joseph oh, yeah. Stoll mm. and James McDonald were regulars there. Mm-hmm. So then they called and asked if I would go. And, you know, my first thing was, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I hung up the phone scared to death because <laughs> trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to say? Right. And God gave me a phrase out of a nursery rhyme. And it was when the bow breaks. So what happens when the bow breaks in your life? So then he put together six messages and gave them to me. And I preached them at Muskoka Baptist Conference, not knowing, is this going to land? Is right. it going to land like a lead balloon? <laughs> like, what, what's going to happen? Yeah. And we found people lined up after every session to talk about when the bow broke in their lives mm. and to have us pray for them. Yeah. And it was amazing. And I said, see, see the, God, the Holy Spirit is the one who does this. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I love that, too, because I think it brings insight for those who who may not know the, the behind-the-scenes story of when when church leaders, preachers, people doing sermons mm-hmm. on a Sunday are coming to the coming to the Word and trying to figure out, oh my goodness, what, what, what for this Sunday? What because there's a Sunday? fair amount there, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a, a fair of, amount to choose from. There's a lot of material. <clears throat> a lot yeah. of material. And then, yeah, I, I, that's happened to me too in my own life, where all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, I don't know if this message is going to land. Is this, is this really what the people need to hear in this time? Mm-hmm. And time and time after. Oh, my word. Oh, my word is yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So something kind of a little fun, fun little aside that I was thinking about. Uh, you started the message with that illustration of the blueberries. Yes. In the jars. Just curious. Can you remember, like, what was your, like, biggest pull-in with with blueberries? <laughs> I think about 12 bucks. 12 bucks. But at the exhibition, but, that would have... But see, at the exhibition, at a quarter or 50 cents a mm. thing... You can do a lot of stuff at the exhibition because oh, yeah. some of it was free. Right. You know, touring the cattle barns and all <laughs> of that. <laughs> but you could do a lot of rides. Oh, yeah. You could have cotton candy. You could have a candied apple to take home. That was always the while we're walking home Right, treat. yeah. 
On some years, you could even get French fries. Oh, there you go. Oof. Do they still do the exhibition back at home or no? Yeah. They do? Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like it used to be. It's not like it used to be. I've never been to the exhibition, because we have a few exhibitions around here, correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I've never been to them. But... The exhibitions, uh, uh, the exhibition, uh, it was a midway. Right. Really. So you went in and there were classic things like the Tilt-A-Whirl. Oh, yeah. And the Merry-Go-Round and the uh, Ferris Wheel mm. and the Scrambler. That was my all-time favorite, the Scrambler. <laughs> so there were all of these. And... uh you would spend your money. I think twelve bucks was our biggest take, but that was twelve bucks each for my sister and I. So really, the whole right. thing was twenty four dollars. That's a lot of blueberry. Oh, that picking. is a lot of blueberry picking. Yeah, at twenty five cents a quart. Now they say um, they have. I've heard this said before that blueberry picking, or maybe that sometimes they call it blueberry raking, or is that something different? Well. If it's commercial, if they it's com- rake them. They rake them. It would take forever to pick, hand pick. Right. But I've heard that blueberry picking is similar in like just an atrocious job as tree planting, which myself and your son definitely know all about tree planting. Oof. <laughs> I, the thing that used to spook my father in particular was that down in the blueberry bushes, there was always the possibility of encountering a garter snake. Oh, yeah. Would freak him out. And not me, because they were kind of a hobby for me. But it, it, you have to e- either bend over to pick, or you have to sit in a patch mm. with all kinds of stuff able to go up your pant legs. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's really not that fun. And it takes a lot of patch to get a quarter blueberries. Oh, yeah. Now I loved how you opened up that illustration, and it and sometimes it's fun because an illustration, as from the listener's perspective, you can go, "Where is he going? Where's he? I've gotten that a lot over the years." <laughs> but I loved though that that quick imagery of you know we we think full is always better, but then we have this image of you know all the I can picture it in my head, right? The jar is full of blueberries, and then you coming home and empty is better. Yeah, because empty empty bottles meant money in the pocket. Exactly. Yeah. And then you tied that right into that sort of deep dive that we were going in in the book of John. And um, we were sort of chatting too. Like I, there, there's so much imagery in the section that we were, we were looking at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, bridegrooms, weddings, yep. um, the whole thing. Which really seems out of place to begin with, right? right. Yeah. Do you, like, you want to like, kind of elaborate? elaborate on what you mean by how it seems out of place well because they're talking that the disciples come to john and say listen their problem is that people are going to jesus to be baptized everyone's going over there Hmm. so what's going on john and john's thought is but they're not supposed to come to me Everything good that they're going to get is going to come from heaven, and that's over there with the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But his way of making it clear to them was to put himself as the best man, Jesus as the bridegroom, and to explain. And they would, what what we need to kind of work through and explain, they would have understood completely, immediately. Mm. 
so we as moderns, we we are the ones who sometimes get they're like, what is going on here? But in the context of what was happening there, it was uh, oh, crystal clear for them. Yeah. Same thing as John chapter fourteen when Jesus says, uh, <clears throat> "In my Father's house are many dwelling places." Mm-hmm. We get a little. Uh, turn around when we use the word mansions because it's it's like a series of houses but it's not that at all it's dwelling places so um he'd go back to his father's place and maybe build on or maybe take a section of the house and and partition it off right for him and his bride right right in my father's house are many dwelling places Right, yeah. It's not necessarily just another room in the same... No, no. It's a, And so then, if if it were not so, would I have told you that I'd go and prepare a place for you? Like, for them, with the marriage imagery, this was crystal clear. Hmm. Oh, he's, he's making... He's going to go. He's going to make a place. Then he's going to come back and get us and take us there. Hmm. Crystal clear. Yeah little foggier for us. <laughs> but then, like you said, John in that moment is is putting himself in the position of the best man. Yes. And uh, we sort of laughed earlier and said, you know, the best man in a wedding situation, what, what's his role after the wedding? <laughs> uh, stay out of the way, I guess. <laughs> but because his job at that point is effectively done. Hmm. Now, you know, like these days, if someone's best man in a wedding, almost for sure he'll remain a friend of the bridegroom. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm still good friends with the guy who is best man in our wedding. Nice. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's in the area and we see one another every once in a while. We've stayed in touch over 40 years now. Yeah. <clears throat> but his job as best man ends when the bridegroom and the bride come together. Mm. Yeah. His job's over. Yeah. And if it's, <laughs> if it's, if he tries to interfere after them, we've got another oh, situation. Then that's weird. It gets just weird it just after gets that. weird, yeah. Yeah. And John understood that. Right. And those who had left things to follow John were now going to have to make another adjustment. Mm-hmm that they weren't going to be following John anymore. Right. They were now going to be following the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Right. The one on whom the Holy Spirit rested. Hmm. So for them, it wasn't just that John's job was done. It was means their allegiance was going to have to go in a different direction now. Yeah, for sure. And you'd mentioned too, you use the other example, which I think was based out of Matthew, of um, of the women who were prepared. Uh-huh. And so you that, that image of the bridegroom coming at midnight. Yeah, the text is clear. Yeah, and then the, the girls who had the oil and the girls who didn't have the oil. And what I'm what I'm so curious about, Gord, is that in that context, it makes sense. You know, those who were ready were ready for the wedding party, yeah. right? But what what insight could you kind of give us for 
today? Like, what could we kind of, what does that look like for us in today's moment to this idea of, are we ready? Are we not ready? Is it a matter of the heart? Is it a matter of something more? Well, I think God is always doing a new thing. Mm. And he's always doing a new thing in you and I Mm. and in his church. And I think I might be too simple here, but when a church or a people or an individual feel like whatever's going on for me now is good enough, I don't need to look for anything different. Mm-hmm. See, for the f- for, for the five foolish ones, their lamps were empty. Right. Well, they didn't find that out at midnight. They knew all along their lamps were empty, mm-hmm. but had no motivation to get them ready. Right. Knowing all along that the bridegroom can come at any time, and if he does and we're not ready, it, maybe he's going to come at noon and I won't need a lamp. Mm. Like there's all kinds of rationales. Oh, yeah. So for today, uh, there's uh, we could be saying to people, what's God doing in your life? Mm. And we're not particularly motivated to seek that out. Mm. We're not particularly motivated to even pray the prayer, God, what do you want to do in my life? Yeah, I mean, and that's a big prayer. That is a huge prayer. And if we say, and and if we're not even prepared to pray that prayer, then we should not be surprised if nothing new happens for us. Right. Yeah. Because we're not looking in the places we need to look. Right. And not that it's all just up to us. But God says in a variety of ways in the scripture that God is looking to strongly support those whose hearts are his. Mm. Those who are looking. Knock, the door will be open. Right. Seek, find, ask, can be given. Yeah. Like there's, that is... That dynamic is over and over and over in the scripture. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So a funny example that just came to my head. Um, it's like when, if any of you have, have been in a situation where you're switching an internet provider, stay with me here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and they, they're, they'll finally book a time for where the, when they're going to come and install. And it's always the same thing. It'll be like, we'll, we'll come to your house between 8 a.m. and 1 p.m. <laughs> Oh, like, what? That, that would be a, a small window if they'll give you that. If or it's like, well, between eight and five. Oh, it's we'll horrible. We'll be there. It's horrible. And no disrespect for the people who are out doing that. But it, what, what do I do? And I don't know if you're the same, but for me, oh, it's just, it, A, it ruins the whole day because <laughs> you're constantly on the lookout. Like I'm pacing in my living room, like looking at my clock. When are they going to come? When are they going to come? They've, yeah, and they've tried to do a little better with that now by saying, and we'll call you 20 minutes before Beforehand, we're going to be there. Yeah. But to sort of circle back to that prayer that you just mentioned, what if we take that more seriously and say, like, God, like, I like do something in my life or I'm looking for you? And then we took that approach of maybe it looks like us pacing in the. 
Yes. Or maybe it looks like us becoming more aware <clears throat> of, of what's going on in our lives. I don't know. There's, um, there was a, a little book written. Oh, I, I'm going to guess at how many years ago. Someone, I'm sure, will look it up and then, uh, you know. Correct squ us. Squ square me around on it. <laughs> I think it was called The God Search. Okay. And the thought was that God is always working. The mm. Michael W. Smith song. When I don't feel him, he's working. When I don't see him, he's right, working. Yes. It's, it's all of that. God is always... But then there was the discipline of beginning to look for God in ways we normally wouldn't take note of. Hmm. Yeah. So, something's going on with your vehicle. And um, you notice something and you're aware of it and you take it to your mechanic and he says, well, you know what? Good thing you came to me now because if you'd waited another week, right, this would have been really something. Mm -hmm. You say, huh, what am I, lucky? Am I, you know, what am I? Well, could it be possible? Mm. Yeah. That that God just says, oh, you better take note of that. Yeah. All the way to the real big stuff. And right. by the real big stuff, I mean working in somebody's life mm -hmm. for a job, a mate. Uh, and in coronavirus days, People are having to look for more and more significant things because there are families who are worried about how do I feed my family? Exactly. How do I pay the rent? Uh, am I going to lose my house because I can't pay the mortgage payments? Mm -hmm. And it's not that I've made decisions to spend the money elsewhere. I just don't have it. Right. So there's lots of uncertainties built in. It's a good time to begin to look for God in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think when life seems normal, um, I've always experienced that it can be easier to look back on our lives, look back on our situations of who who God has placed in our lives and this and that, and that can be an easier process. But when we're in a situation like we are right now, mm. it does force us to look forward and current and to start seeing, okay, God, yeah. I, I think one of the things we start to do, and, and I think it bears on this whole thing of uh, the ready and the not ready, the mm -hmm. wise and the foolish, is to just begin to ask the question, God, what do you want to do with this? Exactly, yeah. Because the question is, or, or the thought is, God is always up to something. Mm -hmm. I remember hearing um, Dr. Joseph Ton, T-S-O-N, First Baptist Church, uh, Bucharest, Romania. Okay. Talking about the sovereignty of God. And he's the one I got the definition of the sovereignty of God from. Okay. And it's 25 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, I got this definition. God is so much in control of the events of our universe that his enemies doing their best to oppose him carry out his will and purpose. Now, there's a wonderful illustration from Acts chapter 4. And 
I wish we had time to go into that, but mm-hmm. we'll with maybe another day. But at the end of that, Dr. Ton said, we are often asking the wrong questions. We're asking, what are we going to do about this? And what are we going to do about that? And mm-hmm. what's going to happen with this? And he said, the question should always, especially for the believer, be always, always, always. What is God up to this time? Because hmm. he said, rest assured, he is up to something. Yeah. Okay. So, ready, not ready, oil, no oil. You might want to be asking ourselves some questions about readiness. Mm-hmm. Oh, so true. I don't know if you were aware, but we, we saw a lot of... Um, social media engagement with our post from this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we got a lot of comments on and a lot of reposts on was that, uh, I don't know if it was a poem or a saying. Oh, just a reading. A reading. You mean yeah. the Kitty O'Mara piece? That, that's exactly the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. So that really kind of hit. Um, I'm sure the same way it hit for you, It I think it really hit for a lot of our people and a lot of onlookers who were kind of just maybe outside of our context of Louisville, mm-hmm. but just looking for for hope, answers, kind of an understanding of what's going on. And that little reading just really kind of spoke in, spoke into that. Well, again, the thing is, how many times have you and I, or others like us, ministry people, not vocational ministry Mm -hmm. people, said, you know, I'm just so busy, and with the kids, and with school, and with lessons, and swim lessons, and skating lessons, and hockey, and on and on and on and on. People will just say, I'm just so busy. I'm just so busy. I wish I had some time. I wish I could hit pause. I wish the the day had more than 24 hours. Well, it doesn't have more than 24 hours, but these days it feels like it has more than 24 because we're not filling it full of everything and we're being told to stay at home. Okay, so then the question is... Since we've been given this gift, what might be possible in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would it be possible to just sit home and do a puzzle? Try your hand at drawing or writing? Or worship? Mm. And uh, do your own private dance in worship. <laughs> Right, Adams? That's right. Close the (laughs) curtains, though. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's, I, it just, yeah, it hit me because. Yeah. And I, and I I think too, it's not to overstate and say that everybody's just sitting at home bored. Cause you even said too, like, we have a lot of people in situations that are really anxious and nervous and, and sure. they feel isolated and our hearts go out to those people for sure. Yeah. Um, and we're, we as a community, we're trying to figure out what that looks like to, to do what we do here at Louisville and that's here to serve. Um, but I think part of it, even, even with this conversation is just a way to keep connected, um, in new technology. And... Yeah. And keep connecting with people. Mm. And how about this? How about, I mean, I'll make it personal. Yeah. So people understand. For sure. Today, uh, my wife will get notice, probably, of her forced 
leave of absence. Mm. She'll be out of work. Right. No severance. She's just done. Now she'll do what everyone else is doing and apply for EI. But then that changes her days. Yeah. And then the question is, do we do we sit home and spend the time worrying? Mm. And worry is real mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. issues are real. Mm-hmm. I'm not discounting any of that. No. But in that context, might there be some other things that could occupy us that would be number one, a benefit to somebody else? Mm-hmm. Number two, an encouragement to us. And number three, take us in some directions that just might be helpful overall. Yeah, I'm given to understand. Now, when I used the, the Kitty O'Mara piece, mm. I had done a quick look online because it was sent to me by a friend, mm. a young woman from the congregation here who sent it to me, and I thought it was so powerful that I would include it in what I was doing because it, it kind of went along the trajectory. But then I said, I better look a little. <laughs> and the only Kitty O'Meara I could find was from around 1900. Mm. So I th- thought, surely. But anyway, a friend, another a guy from the congregation, uh, a research type, found out that this is fairly new. Oh, okay, interesting. So then here's the thing. She was sitting home and wondering about how she could help. She's one woman sitting at home. And her husband said, why don't you write? So she did. So she did. Wow. <laughs> and when she did, it turned out it was pretty good. So that's that's the the backstory of Kitty. That's o. the backstory on Kitty O'Mara's piece. She didn't even put a title on it. Wow. She just started writing with where she was coming from, and it started with "and the people stayed home." Mm. That's powerful. And then her, then her mind went to, well, what are some of the things people could do while they're home? Yeah. So there's that whole thing, too, you know? Yeah. No, that's great. If God is not haphazard or random in this, then what might he be giving us an opportunity or freeing us to do hmm. that would never occur to us, number one, and number two, we'd never have time for? Yeah. If someone said, call half a dozen friends, oh, I get home in the evening and I'm tired and I don't want to make those phone calls. Well, tell you what, for folks like my wife and I, Mm. we're early 60s. We've got risk factors. (laughs) So we're not going anywhere. No. So what if we spent our evenings just making a few phone calls to friends? Yeah. People maybe you you haven't checked in in on ye, in years. In years, yeah. 10, 12, 15 years. Call them out of the blue. Yeah. See what happens. Oh yeah. Like there's all kinds of potential and I'm not making it about phone calls. No, but, no. But maybe 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 you've dabbled in art. Mm. Well, take some time. Yeah. You have the time. Exactly. Now, as we're as we're kind of like closing out here, Gord. Yeah, sure. Um, 
thinking about this coming weekend and this coming Sunday. Yes. Um, do I have to preach again this weekend? I, I think that might I be I think I probably that. have to, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> but like we said before, this was something we had been talking about and working about months before this whole thing. Um, so what could be like a little snippet you could give us as we're, as we're in preparation for this coming Sunday um, with where we're going with this theme of empty? And maybe just a little... A little, a little something? T- a little tease. <laughs> I'll give you two words. Real. What's the real? Mm. And this this might be the spoiler. I don't know. <laughs> the real is the cross. Yeah. So what's the real? And the real... That might be a big spoiler, but at the same time, a, a, a series that's pointing people towards Easter. Yeah, yeah. See, I can be forgiven. <laughs> you for, can be forgiven for, for that. For tipping the glass too early. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it, um, and I can tell you're looking forward to it. I am. I'm. Um, we interrupted my writing actually yes. to, to yeah. do this, so <clears throat> I am looking forward to this week. Mm. Yeah, and. Uh, We've just been having, I find, I don't want this to come off wrong. Go for it. It's fun Hmm. to be in an environment where God is doing fresh things in us and through us to our people and for our people and with our people. Mm Mm-hmm. We've communicated, I've had communication in ways I haven't in a long time with people just saying, really loved Sunday, really appreciated that, really appreciated this insight Mm -hmm. or that. Wow. Yeah. And I think if anything, it's, it's pushing us as leaders, as communicators, as a church family to say, hey, when the dust settles (laughs) on this and we're praying that it does soon, um, that our excitement won't stop. What will we hang on to mm. going forward? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I think eyes are going to be on us, right? Like our people are going to go. And they should be. They should be, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they should be. Yeah. No, and that doesn't scare us that... Uh... Well, it always scares me. <laughs> always scares Listen, I... <laughs> wow. I remember the morning I, I yielded to God's call for ministry. Hmm. Uh, the people at Louisville here, but maybe there are some listeners who, yeah, who don't sure. know. I, I was headed to be a marine biologist. Oh, okay. I grew up by the water and in the water <laughs> to the point where when I was going to high school, we would walk the extra block from our high school to the harbor hmm. and sit on the concrete breakwater with our legs dangling over watching the water during lunch break. Like to that degree, on the water. I was going to be a marine biologist. So my coursework reflected that. And then I had an opportunity to be involved in a ministry thing and it didn't go awful. And people began to say, you ought to do that more. And I, no, I don't want to do it more. I'm not, that's not where I'm headed. Okay, long story short. Collapse it. 
an October morning, one of those bright, crisp mornings, the kind that the air burns your nostrils. Nice, yeah. You know the one I'm oh, talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, I love them. I'm having devotions in my dorm room. And the hand of God with this call to ministry was so heavy I couldn't get up off my knees. I, I felt like David, why is your hand so heavy on me? Mm. And I remember praying this prayer. Okay. If you want me to go, I'll go. But you got to get me ready because I don't know anything. And I really felt that way. Mm. I felt like, well, okay, if you want me to go, but I don't know anything about ministry. I don't, I, I, I just don't know. Right. So here I am 42 years later or so. I know a little more than I did then. Yeah. But I feel as unable and certainly unworthy, as I did that first morning. Hmm. Yeah. It's all about grace, man. Yeah. All about grace. Yeah. It's like we say here all the time, right? Grace must win. Yep. Grace, grace, God's grace. Yeah, for sure. We're going to head into Sunday, <laughs> trusting that by God's grace... There will be something worthwhile. Amen. Amen. Well, that was great, Gord. Thanks so much. Thanks for the time. Yeah. This was fun. Yeah, I think this was a lot of fun. And um, for those listening, we're going to be planning to do this um, in the next foreseeable future. So yep. we'll tune in next week after uh, after the Sunday message. We'll have another little chat. Questions, comments, send them off to us. Exactly, yeah. We'd love to, we'd love to hear from you guys. And uh, who knows? We may talk about it next time. Thanks, Adams. Okay, thanks, Gordon.